Tess Hello, Gary Spikes. Hello, Ona. Liana King. War criminal. Welcome, everybody, on a Friday evening. 
D. Eric Thompson. Hopefully everybody's having a great week and uh, going to have a great weekend. How you doing, Science Bob? I'm doing great, you guys. So, start off, this is for entertainment purposes only. All parties are innocent to proven guilty in a court of law. This is a nationally known case. Hello, Yolanda. And I want to say my heart goes out. Hello, Aussie Sue, to the wife and the family members of Officer Jason Ellis and the friends and fellow officers. Hey, Carol Ann. It's a very sad case. This actually has a potential of it uh, spanning another four or five murders that are entangled with this case. Hello, Annette. Welcome, everybody. Good evening. And we have a possibility to Eric. Welcome, Eric. That the persons involved are also probably watching this show as we speak. So, hello to them. And hopefully we expose you. Absolutely. So, it's very sad. And if you don't know anything about Officer Jason Ellis in Barstown, Kentucky, it is a spider web. And we're going to start with Exhibit A. Let me share my screen. And let's see here. Make sure. Uh, let's see here. Uh, here we go. Exhibit A. Police now say there was likely more than one person involved in the ambush murder of Bardstown police officer Jason Ellis. The canine officer was gunned down on a highway ramp nearly one month ago, picking up debris on the road. WLKY's Jessica o is live at the Bardstown Police Department with reaction from the chief and the community. Jessica. Rick, from the beginning, Chief Rick McCubbin had told us that he had a gut feeling there was more than one person involved in Officer Jason Ellis's killing. And today he told us that actually may work in their favor. Quite honestly, I hope there are because the more people, the more possibilities I run in their mouth. At this point, police want all the tips they can get, finding who was behind the conspiracy to kill Jason Ellis. There had to be more people um, helping plan it, set it up. Just looking at the totality of everything from the crime scene, um, how it was carried out, that I just felt that th there had to be more than one person. It's a possibility this chief calls bothersome, and people in this tight-knit community agree. It's really scary. You don't know where you're safe and where you're not safe. It does kind of scare me because I got kids. And I don't want them to be around none of, none of that stuff. And almost one month later, there are still no suspects. But the investigation is still going strong. And the last thing Kentucky State Police released is that they did interview a woman who drove down this ramp right before Ellis did. You know, it was obvious, you know, that somebody, you know, had been through there. And they obviously eliminated her right off the bat. As the search continues, a community rallies together. This group left for the Reds game today, where Ellis's family will be a special guest. And fundraisers are held almost every weekend selling items like these, all to raise money for the fallen officer's family. Nobody's given up on it. Nobody. 
And KSP is working numerous leads right now. We're told they're in a process of elimination, so to speak. And just because they haven't made any arrests does not mean they are any. They does not mean they are closer to finding a suspect. Reporting live at the Bardstown Police Department tonight, I'm Jessica O. WLKY News. Thank you, Jessica. State police have set up a new email account for tips in the Ellis murder. The address is EllisCaseETips at ky.gov. Meanwhile, one of Officer Ellis's sons will throw out the first pitch at the Reds game tonight. It's part of Police Officer Appreciation Night at Great American Ball. So, with this case, ladies and gentlemen, I will say this. Police chiefs have gone. Officers are no longer on the department. Other departments, police officers are no longer employed. They are gone. Politicians are no longer in office. So this is where this web spiders. Exhibit B, share my screen. And action. Killed Jason Ellis and how are those who loved him coping after all this time? WDRB Stefan Johnson has been digging into what happened a decade ago. Stefan? Jason Ellis's widow believes the killer will be brought to justice. She tells me that confidence comes from her faith in God and the people in charge of the investigation. Next thing I know, I'm getting a knock on the door. It has been 10 long years since a knock at the door changed her life. They were there to deliver devastating news. They just said, I'm sorry, there's been an accident. And I'm what do you mean there was an accident? And I said, is he okay? Amy Ellis Brown is the widow of fallen Bargetown police officer Jason Ellis. The other officer had tears. I said, no, we didn't make it. That day, Amy lost her college sweetheart, father of her children. We were married um, nine years. And devoted husband. I did not think in my wildest dreams that we would not have answers. Like, I thought we would know within that first few months or year. But months eventually turned to years. No, I did not think we would be here 10 years later. Outside the Bardstown Police Department, there are memorials. And inside, the walls are covered with images of the fallen officer. Every year, it seems like we feel like, okay, you know, they feel like maybe they're closer. Right now, the reward stands at nearly a quarter of a million dollars. And the case is being investigated by Kentucky State Police and the FBI. And then it just never pans out. Not only has there not been an arrest, but neither police nor Amy knows why it happened. I, to this day, still have no, you know, I don't understand, like, why him. I mean, he was well-liked. Before joining the department, Ellis played minor league baseball for a Cincinnati Reds affiliate. He was um, very sweet and kind, and he had a, a big heart, and he would do anything for anybody. Amy says the college sweethearts also had dreams. You know, we had plans that, you know, that things that we wanted to do and accomplish and where we wanted to be, and um, yes, growing old together, growing old together. That dream had a tragic ending. I believe um, in God's timing, and I do believe in those that are working on the case. 
but Amy doesn't believe it's how the story will end. I know that they are wholeheartedly, tirelessly working on it, and I do trust that one day it will be solved. Amy has moved away, remarried, and her boys are now teenagers. They were young, they were six and seven. But part of her heart will always live in Bargetown. And at least once a year, she returns for the memorial honoring her late husband. I go every year um, and I will be there on Thursday as well. Coming up tomorrow, we'll hear from the people who responded to the scene the night Officer Jason Ellis was shot and killed. It is a long wait for answers. Stefan, thank you. The father of Shopify has. All right. Next exhibit. Exhibit C. Let me share my screen. Lab vehicle investigations. We had the APHIS system, which is our fingerprint people. We had special investigations detectives out there. This is Kentucky State Police. Uh, also out there was the Nelson County Sheriff's Department, the Barstown Police Department, the Greater Hardin County Narcotics Task Force, the Nelson County EMS, and the Northeast Nelson County Fire Department, as well as multiple federal authorities who have offered their assistance. Currently, we have troopers um, who are working their off-duty days doing things and uh, just to try to uh, figure out and help our detectives in their investigation. Uh, we have multiple federal authorities that we have at our disposal. We have agencies from across the state as well as across, uh, as well as across the United States have called and offered any assistance that, that we need. They've called and asked if we need their help. I will start off by telling you what we do know. At approximately around 2 a.m. yesterday, uh, we had citizens that called from Officer Ellis's cruiser stating that he had been involved in a uh, crash or he'd been killed. Our trooper responded and quickly noticed that this was no traffic accident. Officer Ellis was shot multiple times as he's ambushed as he exited his cruiser. He was ambushed as he was picking up debris that was in the roadway on the Bluegrass Parkway just off the 34 exit ramp. Officer Ellis never fired a shot from his service weapon. It was still holstered. We believe that this was a premeditated murder. However, we are not certain whether Officer Ellis was the target or another police officer or even a citizen was the target of this. With that said, we are asking for the public's help. Anyone with information is encouraged to come forward not with just information of the morning of the 25th, but anything, any information that they may have, even a day, two days, a week, or even two weeks prior to this incident. If they saw a car parked along the ramp, if they saw something unusual, if they saw people walking around on the ramp, around the parkway, at any time before this uh, murder happened, we ask that they come forward with information. We currently we have no suspects, and that's why we're asking for the public's help. There may be something small that someone may have saw that day and not paid any attention to it, whether it be a few days or a week. Uh, there may be information that they have that they don't think that it's important, 
but we encourage them to come forward with anything, even if they think it may be no big deal. We ask that they come forth with information. Some of the ways to do that is we have uh, at our on our website we have a Kentucky State www.kentuckystatepolice.org. We have what we call text a tip. Um, if they want to remain anonymous, they can text the tip to six seven two eight three. Put KSP tip in all caps in the message field. Leave a space and then enter their information. Or you can call your local police agency. Or you can call the Kentucky State Police here at Post. Currently, we have uh, several agencies offering reward. Um, and right now, that we have several thousand dollars of reward offered through the arrest and conviction of the person responsible for Officer Ellis's death. Anybody, what questions do you all have? Do you know what he was moving when he was out moving debris, you say, on the side of the road? He was, right now, we're just, we're just, selling, we're just releasing that he was removing debris from the roadway. Um, there was some debris in the roadway. We know that there was debris in the roadway because um, uh, prior to this, um, we had a citizen that uh, drove around the debris. Was the dash cam video on? Can you tell us that? There was no dash cam. Is there any indication that there was more than one person involved from the evidence uh, at the scene? Right now, we're looking into every possibility that you could think of. Uh, that's certainly something that we're looking into. Um, we um, we know that obviously there was one involved, but we're also looking at a uh, possibility of one or even uh, two or three persons involved in this. You said that you believe this is premeditated. Is there any uh, indication? believe that possible somebody actually put that debris in the roadway to cause him to stop? That's what we're, yes. That's what I mean by premeditated. Someone planned this. Someone planned this and someone planned to shoot somebody at that spot, at that location at that time. And um, that's why, you know, we're, we're looking for anything that the public can come forward and give us any information at all on this because uh, we need the public's help, simply put. And um, we're, we are doing everything in our power we are using every possible resources within the Kentucky State Police, as well as the resources of other agencies, uh, to bring this person to justice. In the investigation, have you been able to find uh, a spot where the shooter may have uh, pulled the trooper from? We're, we're pretty, uh, yes, we, we have a pretty good indication of where the shots were fired from. However, that's a detail that's relevant to the investigation, and that's very important that we not release that at this time. There's a bed and breakfast very close to where this happened. Have you been able to, do they have surveillance video? Have you gotten anything from them? We, uh, we've, we've canvassed the area, and we have uh, tried to locate anybody with any video, any audio, and things like that. We do have a couple of leads that resulted from that. However, we have nothing that would lead us to a suspect at this time. So, just, so you were able to get video from that? No. No, but you do have some kind of video from somewhere. No, we, we, we are looking, we are still, this is a very new, fresh investigation, and we still have our detectives and troopers working as we speak. We just got out of a meeting to discuss some of the uh, things that, that we're looking into and made assignments and things that people do, um, and that's what, uh, you know, that's one of the things, if that happens to come up at a later date, obviously that's something that we're going to look into. Can you confirm or deny what the coroner said about it being a shotgun, go get shotgun from a higher elevation? Um, we, it was a shotgun. Uh, we're not releasing the caliber of the weapon at this time. 
Um, it was a 12-gauge shotgun fired three to five times. Investigation uh, would probably be inaccurate, and uh, we want to make sure that, uh, especially the media and the public, knows that any information that uh, we put out is going to be accurate information. Is there a memorial service planned for, for Monday? Uh, he will be buried Thursday, um, and here very shortly, his family is finalizing one last time and we will be releasing that publicly um, a visitation Wednesday with the actual funeral and service will be at Nelson County High School at 11 a.m. Thursday and uh, the rest of the details will of course be on the rest release as soon as we uh, talk to his family one last time before we release it and what are other agencies doing to help you out uh, with just day-to-day -day operations uh, there in Barstown Literally any, anything we want. Um, you know, the support is is outstanding, just even from the community standpoint. Um, I, I have put our officers all on 12-hour shifts. I've canceled all the off days. I want as many of our people out on the street as possible. Um, the troopers that are assigned to our area, they've increased it. I want our officers to... Um, to assist them if they get something they need us to do. Um, uh, other local close agencies have, of course, volunteered to come over, uh, ride if they need to, which at this time we, we don't need that. Even um, even our dispatch center, you know, the day of the funeral, other counties have um, offered to send in dispatchers so that everyone can attend. And, and the, the community support is, uh, you know, the food, the, the, the flowers, We've had numerous phone calls wanting to donate to either officer. So when he got out of his car to remove the debris, and as he was removing the debris, he was fired with a 12-gauge shotgun, I think approximately three to five times he was unloaded on. So, yes, he was ambushed. Next exhibit. Let me share my screen. And action. This is the former chief of police, member former. Again, um, some people, we were at police week last week talking about it. And, you know, you have those that it seemed like yesterday. And then you have those that it seems like it was forever. Uh, and obviously it depends on where you are, meaning were you close, intimate family or were you coworkers and friends? And, um, but yeah, uh, 10 years ago, it, it does not seem that long, believe me to me anyway yeah i mean I, I get that in some ways it does seem like some of those those emotions those some of the things you saw mm -hmm. uh, i mean can you take us back to the scene kind of arriving there and uh yeah um you know the you hear the term the politicians use it what will you do when you get that 3 a.m phone call well i got that 3 a.m phone call and um, you know i remember when the phone rang at that time oh, man this can't be good but and then when I looked over to the phone, it said Nelson County Dispatch. Then I knew it was not good because if it was an incident or a situation, you know, the night chief on my department would be the one calling on dispatch. So uh, I, I knew. And then I just remember him saying, we've got a bad situation, chief. Of course, by that time, I'm already up trying to throw on 
clothes, uniform, whatever I wore, and talked at the same time. And uh, he just said, we, we're not sure what happened. He's down. I said, okay, who? And of course, he said it was Ellis. Um, it, and because of those tree branches, it was very confusing to everybody, you know, because I think he even told me, we don't know if he, a tree fell on him, which I thought, what in the hell was he doing on a, you know, you know, but there's three o'clock in the morning, the cobwebs and, um, but I just remember him saying it's, it's not good. He would never, he did not tell me he had been killed. Uh, and that's not his place. I don't blame dispatch at all, but doing this long enough and those fighty senses, as we call it, I, I knew it was not good. And then, uh, you know, I lived right in town, Mergetown, and you know, I jumped in my car, I'm, I'm headed out to the bluegrass, and uh, my phone rang, and it was one of the officers who was on the scene. Uh, happened to be one of, you know, Jason's good friends, and he's crying when I answered, and it's like, they, 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 it killed him. He's, he's, he's gone, Chief, he's gone. And I said, I'm, I'm on the way. Uh, not knowing what I was they doing, but I, I was, you killed know. Killed him, Chief. And then when they. I got to the scene, I, I remember it was uh, eerily silent. And it was a full moon that night, so for three o'clock in the morning, it was it was just lit up, um, natural. But of course, the lights, the police lights and stuff. But I just remember it being eerily silent, and walked up to the yellow tape, and you know the officers were just standing quiet. There were like four paramedics on the scene, and they were just kind of standing. I don't want to say in formation, but they were just standing, you know, shoulder to shoulder, just kind of like a, you know, wow. And uh, I just remember lifting the tape. KSP and the sheriff were arriving at the time because you know it happened out in the sheriff's jurisdiction. So uh, he responded, and I just remember lifting the tape and walking up and looking down at Jason and thinking, "What? What in the hell happened here? You know, didn't call off. Obviously, this tree didn't fall on him, um, but he was obviously shot and killed. Uh, and I just remember kneeling down and. His, uh, his right knee was up, he was on his back. And I just remember put my hand on his knee and I, you know, I had, I had my moment, I guess, where I, I was confused, I was upset, I was hurt, I was mad. I just, you know, cried a little bit and I just remember, Jason, we'll, we'll figure this out. And I stood up and uh, you don't, I got, I kind of told myself, okay, you gotta be the chief, cry later. And at that point I just said, okay guys, here's, you know, I just started shooting directions and. Of course, KSP was going to take it to, you know, Sheriff and I and KSP kind of grouped and, and the Sheriff said, I want KSP to take it. Absolutely. I knew they had, they had better toys than both of our agencies combined. So, uh, but that was, that was that moment where, you know, wow. You remember such vivid details. I mean, is it, is it just stuck there? There were things that, um, there's an old saying in police work is, is I wish my heart could forget what my eyes have seen. And there's just some things throughout my God, what on 35 years that I was on it. There are some things that I could describe to a detail. Some things like you'd have to remind me, oh yeah, I did make that run. But there are certain things that, you know, where were you and Kennedy was killed kind of things, you know, uh, and that's one of them that is etched in my head and never it's never going to leave even if it's solved it's you know and i remember when we talked you know five years ago for the podcast you called it your darkest day 
Is it still your darkest day? Will it always be your darkest day? I think so. You know, and, and when I say that, meaning um, I've been in shootings. Uh, I've been, been in some horrible situations over the three decades I was in. Um, and while, you know, there's always that, I don't want to say PTSD, but close. Um, this hurts worse than some of the things that I personally went through because, you know, uh, captain of the ship my, on my watch uh, and such a young officer damn good officer, young officer, married, two little boys. It's just like, man, can it get any worse, you know? Um, and again, doing this as long as I have, or as long as I did, you know, you, you, you learn to take your personal stuff and put it over on the shelf for a minute. You've got things to deal with and, and it'll, it'll always, always be in my mind. 10 years with no named suspects, 10 years with no arrests, no answers. Did you ever imagine it would take 10 years? I was thinking again the other day, again, we were at police week, as I mentioned. So, you know, that's all we talk about for a week, sadly. Um, that morning that uh, once I finally got the okay from Amy and Jason's family, because obviously the, you know, the media was calling, hey, what can you tell us? We're on the way. Um, so I, we did a press conference. It's going to be a very, uh, very emotional day. It was a very stressful day. I, I just remember when I was giving that press conference thinking, I don't have a suspect for you, but surely by the end of the day, and then the funeral rolled around and no name. And, you know, I, I, I yeah, kind of go back where you said, no, just stand there and give that press conference. In no way could I have imagined that 10 years we're going to still be talking about it. Not that we shouldn't, but we're talking about an unsolved murder, not just, hey, this officer was killed in the line of duty 10 years ago. You know, we've got that extra appendage of still unsolved. And, you know, the uh, Jason's family and his boys need that closure. I think, you know, they're owed that. Um, then the department, our needs come second, obviously. There, everybody needs closure in this. And, you know, again, it's like, man, I, I, I thought after 10 years, there's no way it would still be unsolved. And I, I know when I was getting ready to retire or leading up to my retirement, I always said, I hope whenever I do retire that it's solved by the time I retire. Now I'm thinking, I'm retired. Now what do I do? Hope it's, I hope I live long enough to see it solved. I mean, you know, where do you go from here? So, Why do you think this is such a challenging case to solve? I, I don't know, and, and, and I'm, you know, I, I still talk with KSP occasionally. They don't tell me a lot, don't want them to. Uh, but it, I, I think everything is kind of in place, but it's, it's perhaps it's like with the Crystal Rogers or the Tommy Ballard. They're, they just need one more piece to, you know, the old, I, I, I can only charge you with what I can prove, not what I think. And I, I just don't think that final piece is there yet. And you know, in, you would, you'll remember in the beginning, I kind of was like, yeah, it had to be two or three people. You know, this was just two. And then as time goes on, I'll, I'll be the first to say, maybe we were all wrong. Maybe it was just one person, one poor soul who snapped a PTSD, um, you know, that snapped. And we'll never know if it was truly just that one person.
Here's one thing you need to do before buying anything online. Don't spend another dime on Amazon until you watch this. The FBI has insinuated that they think, you know, if they can find answers in Tommy's case, Crystal's case, or Jason's case, they can find answers in all of them. What do you think? Do you think that there's a connection here? None that I see, but again, I'm on the outside. Now I'm really on the outside. But all the years I was there, we could never make a nexus of, of tying them all in. Um, again, doesn't mean tomorrow they're going to get a tip 10 years later that that aha moment. Um, I don't see it, but that doesn't mean it's not there. I know when I was still in Bardstown, you know, the, the prosecutor's office looked at cases, you know, looking for something common, a name that maybe kept appearing in some of Jason's arrests or cases and you know, nothing jumped out to the investigators or the prosecutor's office or, or anything. And again, you may recall a few years ago, the Netherland family kind of took to Facebook and were like, please stop. We don't know Crystal. We did not know the police officer. We did not, you know, because you, you sometimes get that small town rumor stuff. And that every time you go forward, you, you get the old two steps back. And, and um, so... You know, again, the Netherland family has even said, we don't know any of these people. We're, we're all sharing a tragedy. Very coincidental, yes, in the in the time frame. And, uh, but we don't know them. And I, I think once you would talk to Jason or, or, or Sherry Ballard and her family, they probably didn't know the Netherlands. They Did they know Jason? Maybe because he was, you know, but there's just not that one thing yet that I, I don't think can put them all together. You mentioned the aha moment. Do you think it's still possible after 10 years, there's still some stone left uncovered? There's still some piece of evidence that could make a break here? In my heart, I want to believe that, yes, whether it's 10 years or another year or five more years, something will come up. Um, I truly in my heart believe every stone has been uncovered, but what was uncovered has, you know, is that put on hold until we can bring in that other piece? because you know KSP brought out every every piece of equipment they had crime scene stuff and you know so and again don't know what all they have but you know to the to the level that this investigation went I, I, I still in my heart believe that someday it's, it's, it's something's gonna break something's gonna break we hope so. and like I said I hope I'm around to see it it's a horrible thing to think but it's like you know, gosh, what, uh, you know, and again, that's selfish on my part. I, I, I want it for, the, you know, his boys, his family, you know, uh, Amy and them, they, they deserve it long before we do. Uh, I hope we're there to share with that, put it that way. So what's very interesting Let me stop. It is still running on my end. What's very interesting, if y'all didn't catch it, Chief, they killed him. Did you catch that? Chief, they killed him. So that lady used to interview me a lot on the police department as well, and I used to be the spokesperson. She's very good. So... Uh, yeah, Yolanda, he does say you know a lot. Uh, 
And like I said, he mentioned a lot of people's names. Those were murder victims and families. Because after Jason was gunned down, people in the community was starting to be knocked off out of nowhere. And they couldn't figure out what was going on. And they and they didn't know if they were, were related or not. What's your take, Science Bob? Well, so one thing I want to point out, uh, inevitably these these public appearances and these press conferences, et cetera, they're places where the a, a, a good investigative reporter or someone else who's interested needs to pay attention. So the thing I heard was it's a crime scene but the crime scene was staged. Now, how do I say that? Why do I say it? Yeah, it had parts of a tree that fell over on him and it made it look like an accident. That's staged. You don't have a tree limb or tree fall over on your car when somebody shoots you with a shotgun. It was a staged crime scene. This was, and that's what they mean by it's well-planned. Well, so look, well, my, and I, and I'll my, be deceased, my deceased father-in-law was the county sheriff of the county I grew up in. My grandmother's family, it's the Bryans in Wilson County, Tennessee. They are for a hundred years, the cops, the sheriffs, et cetera, in that Wilson County area. I can tell you, they take this kind of stuff very personally. And you can see it in that uh, chief's, that chief's face and in his voice and in the things he said, he hated ending his tenure with this case unsolved. And again, we solved many year old cases with new technology and one hint. And I'll, I'll just remind people, we, we captured the Golden Gate Killer because uh, uh, genetic records of all relatives were, were condensed and they found him through, through uh, 23 and me and other things. So there's just things we can hope happen, but the, Many suspicious deaths in a small area is very, very interesting. Which leads us to exhibit D as in Delta. Here we go. Yep. On the big development last week, and one of the top mysteries in Bardstown is continuing here tonight. In Nelson County, there are four families waiting for answers in four different high-profile cases. Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining us. I'm Doug Prophet. And I'm Shay McAllister. One of those families got big news last week with an arrest in the Crystal Rogers case, but her family isn't the only one paying attention. Do you feel like an arrest in Crystal's case is bringing you closer to some movement in Jason's? I think it's hard for us because there hasn't been a lot of new information on Jason's case from the very beginning. It's been, we've kind of been at a standstill from the beginning for us there's a possibility that the cases are connected. And so for us, that it's very, it makes us very hopeful that if they can make traction on one, that it'll bring answers for others, but then also it could not be connected. And then where does that leave us when there's not been any new information on Jason's case? Bardstown police officer Jason Ellis was killed on his way home from work in May of 2013. 
Investigators called it an ambush, describing purposefully placed tree limbs right on the highway exit that lured that public servant from his vehicle. Stage crime scene. Well, today in an interview you'll only see here on WHAS 11, I sit down with the Ellis family. What were they even doing there? I don't know. Messing with mom, obviously. For this family, photos are sacred, <laughs> bringing them back to better times. There he is. That's Jason. Memories this mother. Yeah, that's when he went to the police academy. Hopes to never forget. Oh, my little boy. It's been a while since you guys have sat down to do an interview. Why did today feel like an okay time? I definitely think it's time to talk about him more. It's been 10 years with no answers. It's been 10 years with no arrest made um, for his case either. So I definitely think it's time to start speaking up and almost demanding the answers that I think we deserve. In between her daughters, Jason's sisters, Pam Deerwester puts it simply. The bottom line is Jason was a good guy. A good guy they want to see remembered for who he was, not how he died. Something they say will only happen when his case is closed. There is some momentum happening in other cases. We're kind of getting that boost again to feel a little more confident that time could be coming for answers. Investigators have never fully linked Jason's case to Crystal Rogers. But in 2020, the FBI told us they believed answers in one Bardstown case could lead to answers in others. The family agrees. It's hard to not go there, though, too, because there are there seem to be similar people connected to each case. So news of the arrest in Crystal's case was welcomed. It was also surprising. It's hard not to be caught off guard, though. You know, you scroll Facebook or pop on the news and then it's all these developments. An investigator can't even call me and tell me that this is kind of coming down the pipeline. What's your communication like with investigators on Jason's case? That's probably been the most disappointing part for us because we don't hear anything. Outside, maybe the first couple of months after Jason was killed, we it's kind of been radio silence. They're in Kentucky. We're in Ohio. So we're not easy access like maybe Crystal's mom. Do you guys ever go to Bardstown for increase? We were just there not too long ago. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. What's it like when you visit? Loving. They're very open arms with us and very loving with us. I definitely think there's also an eerie feel. It is. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. There's a lot of new people we don't it's know. It's weird. Yeah. It's, and you feel it's it. Just, it's odd. You, you feel the dark cloud and the tension. For Lacey, Jason's baby sister, there's a reason she feels that way. Some lingering questions about who might be behind her brother's death. What police officer's case is still open in the United States? It makes me think that they don't want it solved. They're burying stuff under the rug. And or there's, there, there's the too much that's going to come out. Yeah. And that's what makes me nervous. The one thing they're certain of. We know the FBI isn't up fully on Jason's case, but I think there's more going on behind the scenes than we even know. And they hope when answers do arrive, they get all of them. We want to make sure that when this goes down, everybody who was responsible have to answer for it. We deserve it. Yeah. I think we all deserve it. I think everybody in that town that has lost somebody deserves it. 
Kentucky State Police is the lead on Jason Ellis's case, but the FBI says they're accepting and working tips on all of the Bardstown cases. You can report information anonymously at crystalrogerstaskforce.com slash tips. Now, more on that man arrested in Crystal Rogers' case last week. It's Joseph Lawson. He's charged with tampering with physical evidence and conspiracy to commit murder. His next court date is set for the end of October. Lawson's currently in federal custody. Federal custody. Well, so let me let me put it to you this way. So Crystal Jean Hudson is somebody else that was knocked off. Remember when Jason was ambushed, there was a series of people that were mysteriously knocked off like clockwork, like was he first or what where was he in yes. the series? He he, was, he was the first. And it was like click. Was a he, couple of days was, later, click. A week later, click. A few wow. more days later, click. And oh, they were like, I, "This whole believe, town was Do shaking. you believe in coincidences? No, no. Did you hear what the family said? Right. I, I think that they do not want the truth to come out. Well, if the FBI, it's, it is. I'm going to tell you, it's time for there to be a rule. That after after so much time, if you've got nothing, you need to call in the big troops because these cop cases can't go unsolved. And there's too many times when they're involved in cases where there's corruption and other things involved and it gets hidden. I mean, we need to bring in the FBI and whoever. All right. Exhibit E. And this is going to answer Gene Hudson's question. As soon as I share my screen here. And here we go and action. Uh, but it also is becoming known for something else. A string of unsolved cases. Crystal Rogers name, probably the most well known. But there are others equally as tragic. Here's what we know about those cases. The first case now, almost 10 years old. May 2013, Bardstown police officer Jason Ellis was ambushed on his way home from work. The killer strategically placing debris right in his path. Ellis died on the exit of the Bluegrass Parkway, never making it home to his wife or his two little boys. It was in the middle of the night and they knocked on the door. And just, yeah. It was like an out-of-body experience. I mean, your worst nightmare coming true. Early on, investigators worked day and night to find out what happened, but no lead ever led to Ellis's killer. He was greatly loved, he'd be greatly missed. One year later, another brutal murder, this time a school teacher and her high school daughter. Kathy and Samantha Netherland were home April of 2014. Samantha had just picked out her prom dress when police say someone entered their home, tied them up, tortured them, and then left them for dead in the middle of a graphic crime scene. And I want to know why. Why would somebody go and attack my sister? Why would somebody shoot my mother? The next case came in 2015 when Crystal Rogers disappeared and her father, Tommy Ballard, led the search efforts to find her. I'm kind of facing reality. I don't want to believe it. 
I feel like she's not here. He spent every minute searching for his daughter, collecting evidence, pushing police to work harder. And then he was stopped, shot and killed while hunting with his grandson, November of 2016. And I ran over and knelt down to Tommy and I shook him. And I just begged him to get up. Sherry Ballard, his widow, steadfast. His death was no accident. And still, almost six years later, there have been no arrests. And if you have any information about any of these cases, you can report it to the FBI on the Crystal Rogers Task Force page. The agency has made it clear. While they are only the lead on Crystal Rogers' case, they are collecting tips following leads on all of these cases. They also said they believe it is unusual to have five high-profile unsolved cases in one small community like Nelson County. They say it is realistic to believe that solving one of these cases could lead to solving the rest. And we do have more news to share with you today. It's exciting news from the podcast world. Today, we did launch a new season of the Bardstown podcast. It is called Beyond Bardstown Unsolved. And I do want to give you a little sneak peek. But officers say Savannah Crawford's case felt different from the start. In this case, for, for some reason, it just, I'm not going to say we took it more serious, but there was just something about this case that didn't seem right. Throughout this season, every episode will feature a new case. So we have to go like I said, that's in Litchfield. So, uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, this is still going on today. Uh, like I said, law enforcement that is active on that department is no longer active. Um, this goes for Barstown Police. This goes for the Sheriff's Department and other agencies. Uh, so... That family that spoke, I think they know. So five it's, uh, unsolved cases all at once. Yes, there is no way that's a coincidence in that small a town. I'm sorry, something's ugly, rotten there. Yeah. So uh, it, it, yeah, it, it standing stones. It, it's very disturbing. Uh, the wife, uh, well, the widow, Mrs. Ellis, I don't know what her new married name is, uh, she had to leave Bardstown. She was afraid for her life. Do you blame her? I don't. You know? So. You know, so if he was murdered to cover something up, whoever the murderer is, if it doesn't have access to his home and his other storage places, is always going to worry that something's there that'll trip him up. So I don't blame her for leaving. Well, I couldn't find the news interview, uh, which I was trying to find uh, yesterday and the day before. Uh, allegedly, he found uh, one of his cases that was going to expose something. And this is how it all sparked. And this is how the spider web went out. And this is why everybody was being knocked off. And the father that got shot looking for his daughter got close to the suspect. And that's why allegedly he got knocked off. 
Wow. So that's why I said this is a corrupt spider web, I believe. I mean, in, you know, coincidences in, in a small town. Now, if this was Louisville, you wouldn't blink an eye. If this was Detroit, you wouldn't blink an eye. If this was Los Angeles, you wouldn't blink an eye. But we're talking Bardstown, Kentucky, you know. So this is puts a different perspective. Now, here, here I'm going to call this one before I even release this to everybody after the show. This is going to give the, the psychics a headache because they're going to pick up on a lot of emotions and they're going to probably pick up on a lot of the side effects of the other cases that are probably entangled with this. Uh, I would, I would release it. I would release it to them as early as you can. So they have time to process it. Well, I'm going to do it as soon as we get off the, there you off go. The show. There like you go. Give them a week. They need a week. So, this yeah. is, but especially since I'm, I'm like, I'm sitting here boiling. I want. I, I want. an answer. I'm boiling. D, ask D. What she? Uh, D. What are you coming up with? She says I already have. So what's your uh, feelings, D. Crosley? Before I uh, wrap it up here with uh, Science Bob, crime detective. I see she's typing. So. Okay. Good. But yeah, this is uh this is yeah, it's but yeah, what's really interesting is that the guy that they finally arrested uh for the crystal case is in federal custody. And there yeah, are that reasons. was the interesting part was this federal custody, not that not Kentucky custody. Mm -mm -mm. So sounds to me like I mean did, I hate to stereotype people, but looking at that guy, I said he's got drugs in his world. This was a well planned, a big conspiracy. I hate to say things, but the police department knows more. All right, I believe I it. I know, D. I know, and that's been called. And I think uh, that's why I played the the Ellis's family's clip because they called it out on their interview, and yeah. they had enough guts after ten years to make that call during that interview. So, yeah, Tammy Johnson, I think I may reach out to Detective uh, Melinda and just tell her that she needs to be a part of this case and see, because I just talked to her a few days ago. So, uh, but like I said, uh, bombs in my heart does go out to the friends and family of Ellis, the true friends of Ellis. I'm showing a, uh, a, a top man in the case and crystals and dad got close. Dad got close, yeah. Top man in the case, and Crystal's dad got close. Yeah. Thank you, Barb. Thank you, Barb. Uh, that that's exactly why he got knocked off. Because oh, yeah. he's right on the tail of the suspect of his daughter's murder. And uh, you know, it 
when you're in a small town, like when I used to go hunting, everybody knew where I grizzly went hunting. Right. You know, because, you know, when you, when you go check your deer in, you would tell them, you know, where'd you get it? You got it in zone three and they would know. And then you tell them we're at in zone three because you would brag. I don't care if it was a spike buck or just a regular three point or four point buck or a big doe, you know, but people knew people talked. So, and his wife was with them when he got shot. So, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, uh, I will reach out to psychic detective Melinda and let her know. And, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, D says, uh, there's more to come out yet. This top man is still in control. Uh, when they ask me where I catch my fish, I say in the mouth, <laughs> there, there we go. Gary spikes. I always tell them the opposite spot. And I hate when I'm fishing in public and you start to catch fish and they come right over and start fishing next to you. That drives me crazy. I snag their lines every time. But uh, yes. Uh, Tammy Johnson, I agree. Barb, as a former officer, brought tears. It is. It's, uh, it's very, hello, Scott. It's very uh, upsetting. Because I couldn't tell you how many times on county that I got called or I was driving on a country road. I had to get out and move furniture that was placed in a curve, a couch, a sofa, tree limbs, branches that fell. And we were all on heightened alert because, man, we were like, do we get out and move it or we just run over the damn stuff? You know, because we didn't know, you know, because we anytime an officer is shot in a line of duty or hurt, seriously hurt, we get a bolo alert within the department to all officers. It comes out and we are told right away, you know, to be extra cautious on duty. So, but uh, Tammy Johnson knows about that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, man, I hated county because I had to deal with cattle, too. I don't know what I would ever do. So, you know, I thought about tasing one before to see what would happen, but I never <laughs> did. Just to get well, it out of the roadway. Oh, well, when, whenever my granddad's cows got out, I had to run them down. I got a horse, lassoed them, and brought them back. Well, I always ask dispatch, what do you want me to do? They're like, you didn't have a horse and a lasso, did you? They're like, don't don't use your siren because that freaks them out. Yep. So you can't do your air horn or nothing. You just have to slow traffic down. So Penny Van, Grizzly, LOL, it would probably project to poo if you taste it. <laughs> what is it with y'all's poo? Uh, D, there are two shooters involved. So uh, that's what I thought. Uh, I, I think it was. I think it was either three or five shell casings. I can't remember what the report said, but I know it was no more than five. So, but it was a twelve gauge. So, yeah. But anything I mean, else you'd like to add? Bob? If it was double alt buckshot and they pumped three shells into him, good grief. They tore him up. 
So it's 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 really sad. It's that's it's, ridiculous. It's sad, but you know, with the other cases involved in that small community, on top of, course, of it, of course, a shotgun is is actually a smart weapon. You you don't have to be all that accurate. You need to be somewhat close, and it's hard to do uh, forensics ballistics. on it. Yes, ballistics. Yeah, ballistics just doesn't work. Yeah. So but, it would be nice if they left shell casings or something right like that around they, they with did. DNA and fingerprints on them. But uh but back then they didn't have eDNA, so I don't know how well they preserved the shell casing because they knew how many shots were fired because yeah, they said they, he was shot they, with three. There you go. And, and and they knew the caliber too. Well, yeah, if it's a if it's pump or semi-automatic, you know, it's just boom, 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 and the shells come flying. So, and nobody's going to hang around that mess to police their brass. No, no. So, but ladies and gentlemen, from coast to coast around the world, we'll catch you on the next show. We'll get everybody involved. Thank you, Science Bob. Happy to do it, buddy. Take care. Bye bye.